Welcome to the first episode of the Game Raven podcast. My name is Henry J. I am your producer, and I'm joined by some amazing, talented, beautiful writers that we have here at Game Raven Review. We're going to talk about some indie and not so indie games uh, as we head into the new year. So, uh, Puppet, we'll start with you. You're our grand leader here at Game Raven Review. Oh, grand leader? Oh my god. Now I'm all nervous. Hi. Hi. I'm Puppet Master N <laughs> on the socials and on uh, the Twitch. And I'm just the chick who made a website back in September and made a little logo. And I happen to know some really amazing, awesome people who have gathered around to create Game Raven Review. So that's who I am. Fantastic. Taz, who are you? Hello, I am Taz. Uh, I am a writer for Game Raven Review, as well as a uh, Twitch streamer, regular Twitch streamer. Um, that's who I am. Nice. Eric, what about you? Ah, well, I'm Eric. I'm a writer. I don't have as cool of tag names as Puppet or Taz do, so I'm just going by my regular old name. Um, but yeah, I'm a writer for Game Raven, and I'm excited to talk with you guys about some of the indie games that we've been playing fantastic well before we get into some indie games uh we did a pretty phenomenal thing we did a 24-hour live stream to benefit seattle children's hospital through extra life uh on twitch and we raised over one thousand dollars for seattle children's hospital which was pretty cool uh we did that last week christmas week so how's everybody feeling now that the uh the holidays are pretty much over and so is that stream uh puppet how are you I'm feeling awesome. I I did not expect us to do so well. I mean, we literally started, you know, back in September and I had this crazy idea that we could take on a charity event and we our original goal was 500 cuz we're like, oh, we're tiny and hardly anybody knows who we are. But we freaking doubled it. I was so excited and impressed and I just I can't wait to jump back in again like to be able to play games and raise money for kids is a dream, a huge dream. So I'm super, I'm just stoked. I'm still feeling super excited. And uh, Taz, how is your nose? So the reason why I asked this question is because uh, for every $100 that we raised, uh, there was a pie in the face at the end. So we had 10 pies total to, uh, to hit each other in the face with, uh, on stream we were socially distanced um but uh, uh taz took one in the schnoz that uh that sounded pretty 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 impactful i guess you would say you thought that you broke your nose you didn't break your nose you're fine but yeah. um <laughs> you can well, you can go watch it on a twitch.tv slash game game raven review you can go and watch taz get destroyed by a pie so how, how are you feeling after that shot it was good. It was good. I was my biggest concern was like the next day. Not that I was doing anything because I had the week off. Uh, like I would get like, you know, some a couple shiners, some like black eyes. You know what I mean? After getting hit in the nose, but I was fine. I was fine. Uh, I do have a question. Uh, Puppet, was that your first time doing that to somebody? Yep, never had ever before. But I saw it done right. on TV, so I was like, it needs to be full force, right? <laughs> or it, it doesn't count. I think. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was great because the difference was is that um, it, it was a, it was it wasn't like a regular pie for those of you who are wondering. Uh, it was a whipped cream 
pie. And I went to Safeway, grabbed some like, uh, or went to the store, grabbed some uh, pie tins, but they didn't have like the straight up pie tins. They only had the ones with a graham cracker crust. So it had a little extra oomph, but the, the density between a regular pie and a pie just made out of whipped cream is a little different. So a little more, a little more force, a little more impact, but it was still a good time. Glorious though, like some of that whipped cream got some air and our yeah. Christmas tree definitely was covered in uh, whipped cream at the end. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is fantastic. Um, uh, Eric, what was, a, what was a highlight for you on the on the stream? I mean, 24 hours of it. Um, we, we were kind of there, we were off and on. Uh, Taz and Puffet did the heavy lifting, but um, yeah, did you have a favorite moment? Really, uh, one of the coolest things was getting together with pretty much everybody at Game Raven and getting together to do uh, Jackbox. Uh, we played some Among Us, but really just kind of interacting with everybody. And then as well as interacting with the stream was really great. We had a lot of good interactions with the audience, particularly when we were playing Jackbox. Um, Taz, you, me, and Road to Zach had some really good conversations and people playing with us that made the game just so much better. Um, that would have been if it was just the three of us like arguing over quiplash answers. Uh, Eric, I, I agree. Like it was uh, very interesting to see everybody's different crowds. So uh, there were a few streamers that joined us and Taz, you were one of them. And it was interesting to see like in the afternoon, like your, cr like, your crew joining in and like uh, the flavor that your community has. And then you have like Emerald Rays, who is another streamer. Like she kind of has her own flavor. And Sarah B was another uh, one of our streamers. And to see the different flavors of the communities that came in, it was super fun for me. Uh, and to see all these different communities that don't necessarily know one another, yet they're interacting and like it's all for the same cause. Like we're all super excited about games and we're super excited about raising money. So these communities are so different, but we're coming together just to enjoy the time. It was very, it was like, this is exactly what my dream is for Game Raven is bringing together different communities on Twitch to make a difference in our world and to enjoy indie games and to just support each other. That's the dream. So thank you for bringing that up. Eric, sorry, I just had to say that because it, that's it just makes me so happy and my heart so full because that's exactly what I want for this amazing group. Yeah, you brought up changing the doing something to like change the world and something. And I think that was really cool. We were able to kind of come together as this big group to help out with this extra life organization and really benefit Children's Hospital. Um, I know it's a big deal for kids, especially with this current COVID situation and all that. Um, to be sitting in a hospital and really hospitals are no fun obviously um, but being able to be provided with a newer console or something along those lines really helps pass the time and can make a much better situation out of something that's could be remembered as something negative yeah exactly and even for us like gamers during this you know quarantine time during covid it gives us a great way to, you know, help out our community. And I know it was kind of cheesy, like during one of the videos from Extra Life, like they they mentioned that like, oh, you know, gamers aren't the, the lazy guy on the couch anymore. Like they're real people that want to get involved and are making a huge difference. And it's it's been so interesting to me to see how the gaming community has changed 
and uh, has stayed the same in some ways and uh, just gotten on more people's radars and has actually really helped a lot during this pandemic. Like, think about it. I know for me, I work with people who are not nearly as savvy with computers or haven't had any experience with games or anything like that. And I have been able to offer my own, you know, experience just through gaming and what Twitch is and, you know, video chat and, you know, whatever to help people connect while they're isolated mostly. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's super interesting. And with that, um, this is kind of a bunny trail. I'm so sorry, but, uh, it's also been interesting to see how uh, games have brought everybody from around the world together. So during our 24-hour stream, we had uh, the solo developer of La Mage Academy join us for Jackbox Games. And for me, that's like super awesome because he's all the way in the Philippines and he can, you know, just video chat in and he can play games with us and it brings us all together. And uh, I, I just don't know if any of that would be as readily available or as like um visible if this pandemic wasn't happening and so um yeah it's just been amazing to see how the gaming community has come in and helped a lot with this pandemic and how our experience you know playing with people from around the world and connecting with others through the internet and through twitch and other like video um platforms has just really it's been awesome it's been great so sorry that was a bunny trail henry you're gonna have to edit a lot of that oh no it's fine um yeah i think that we should just uh pat ourselves on the back for doing such a great job and raising a ton of money for uh for people who need it so that was really really cool i can't wait for the next one hopefully i'll be able to participate even longer um i love staying up super late and getting loopy and everything's funny like at a sleepover when you're 10 years old that's the best part so hopefully yeah hopefully next time we do this uh we'll all be able to go deeper into the night for sure um but coming up next we're going to talk about what we are playing right now Uh, it's going to be one of our our mainstay segments so stick around for that which is what are we playing so we're gonna talk and run down what we're playing right now it doesn't have to be indie it could be other things there are some uh, huge triple a titles out there right now for us to uh to enjoy so let's start with uh let's start with taz taz what are you playing right now i'm playing a lot of things to be honest uh i've been playing Assassin's creed valhalla uh played that day one very excited for that one. I've been playing, playing a lot of Call of Duty Cold War lately just to kind of get my FPS uh, itch scratched, I guess. Um, recently on stream for my Spooky Saturdays, I've started Alien Isolation, which I've never experienced an alien uh, entertainment, if you will. Games, movies. I only watched like the Predator movie, um, but my chat has got me hooked on Alien, the Alien franchise. Um, and then a little bit of Graveyard Keeper, you know, because everyone and their grandma's playing Stardew, and I, I thought I'd give it a little bit more of a gothy kind of uh, alternative. What is Graveyard Keeper? 
So Graveyard Keeper is a lot, very, it's very identical to Stardew Valley. Um, however, instead of just planting and harvesting, you are, as the name suggests, um, you are a Graveyard Keeper in the year, like, I don't know, in, in, in a fantasy medieval time. Um, you have to uh, take care of dead bodies, you have to take out their organs, um, embalm them and such, and then put them in the graveyard. Uh, do some upkeep stuff. You can also still plant stuff. Um, I believe you can also run a tavern. Uh, so there's a lot of a lot of fun things, but very very identical. So if you like Stardew Valley and want want a little more of a darker twist, highly recommend Graveyard Keeper. I may have to check that one out because I am playing a ton of Stardew, especially now that the 1.5 update has come out. I started playing it on my stream, and then a week later the update came out and i was like cool i get to start all over again for like the 400th (laughs) time on this game because i swear i can never make it to year two i don't know why uh i'm going to push ahead though and try and make it all the way so i can see whatever happens at the end of the two years when your when your grandfather comes back from the grave or whatever but uh 1.5 is crazy because it's got a whole new um farm it has a beach farm which is really cool um adds kind of a new twist to the game because you can't use sprinklers to water your crops so it kind of forces you to make money in other directions which i like and uh apparently it added a bunch of new late and end game content that i hopefully will see one day maybe i never will um the other game that i've been reluctantly playing is cyberpunk 2077 which i dropped about maybe eight to ten hours into and i am not enjoying whatsoever um it actually makes me pretty sad because i built a whole new computer for it and um i was pretty pretty hyped on that game and it's feels very hollow and lifeless and empty even though it's supposed to be this giant you know cyberpunk city it has a lot of problems hopefully they will get patched eventually because i mean cd project red made witcher 3 and uh that's a good game so hopefully they can get over the hump and uh and and deliver something of quality because i feel like it's lacking right now and uh my final game that i'm playing right now uh thanks to bro tuzak telling me that it was on sale is the dot hack recode series it's all four dot hack games in one compilation and I've never played those games. I remember working, this is how old I am. I remember working at Toys R Us when those games were coming out. Um, and I really wanted to play them. They're uh, PlayStation 2 era JRPGs. They got a lot of JRPG cheese in it, which is always fun. You know, very uh, thin characters, a lot of midriffs, a lot of midriffs in this game, and a lot of really hokey dialogue. But I'm enjoying the combat and the setting a lot. Um, I just talked a whole bunch. So we're going to have Eric talk for a little bit. Eric, what are you playing? <laughs> well, uh, you mentioned CD Projekt Red. So I had a goal in 2020 to try and finish The Witcher 3 before uh, Cyberpunk came out, just because. And despite all of the delays of well, Cyberpunk, I still haven't finished just the main campaign of Witcher 3, just it's just taking me forever. I'm still have to get into the DLCs. Granted, I also bought Witcher 3 like two years later after everyone else had pretty much finished it. Um, so yeah, working through that when I have the time. 
Um, I'm also playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Assassin's Creed has been like this number, like every time a game comes out, I pick it up. Uh, I picked up uh, Watch Dogs uh, Legion as well. So I'm going to be playing through that because hint, it, it and Assassin's Creed occur in the same universe. If you guys didn't know that. Whoa, um, really? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, there's like, it's the modern day, but you know, super hacky kind of stuff with Watch Dogs. But yeah, they're all kind of somehow connected in like this weird way. Like you assassinate people that are related to people that have been assassinated like way back in the other games. And there's so much lore to it. I pretty much I read a ton when I play Assassin's Creed or Watch Dogs just to get all the lore behind it. And yeah, uh, that and also getting my uh, FPS and uh, MMO um, kind of gambling out of the way, playing Destiny 2, trying to get those god rolls from the new raid. Um, that just dropped, and then also playing lots and lots of Dungeons and Dragons. Nice on tabletop. Uh, virtual. Nice. But yeah, playing it through uh, Roll Twenty, or I actually set up like a crazy Excel spreadsheet just so I could, so that we could share it, and not everybody had to do a Roll Twenty. I found out because um, I really like the world of Cyberpunk, but the game is lacking but i enjoy the world and i found out that you can do a two-person campaign with cyberpunk where one person's a gm and the other's a player so i think i might be trying that soon which is pretty cool that sounds sick yeah who knows who knows um i've never i never got into assassin's creed so uh taz or eric can you explain to me why this why these are good <laughs> why should I why why should I play Assassin's Creed? Cuz there's so many of them and I know that people love the series. Do you like uh um modified history? Sure. Like you like uh cuz that's one of the things that a lot of a lot of the memes think about it that way. A lot of the memes was that you know, you learn a lot more from an Assassin's Creed game than you learn in any any history textbook. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. Um definitely I... very Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, I was going to say that, yes, I actually have a friend who is a history teacher that was like, hey, can I borrow your copy of Assassin's Creed just to <laughs> show my students what, like, ancient Egypt was like when Origins came out? And there's, like, an educational mode that you can actually go and explore the cities, not having to assassinate anyone, but you can, like, go through and see what it would actually have been like, or at least the video game representation of it. And it was like, holy crime! I'm learning so much from this. That's pretty cool. I never knew that. That's super. That's super interesting, huh? Yeah, you learn a little something after you assassinate somebody. So you know, you get you get rid of some tyrant. You learn something. You know what I mean? So it's a good balance. For sure, it's the best edutainment game on the market right now. <laughs> Puppet, what are you playing? I see that you're writing in our notes right now. I saw Animal Crossing come up, which uh, I, I know that you have an addiction and a problem. And this podcast is actually a, an intervention for you. Intervention. How many hours in Animal Crossing? Have you reached a uh, thousand yet? I have not reached a thousand, but I I did. I think I did break the break the nine hundred hour oh, mark. Disgusting. Here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a lifestyle. So yeah, it actually like I. I love Animal Crossing and it came to us when the world needed it most. And so I just, you know, 
it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm, you know, rich and have a big house and uh, I'm getting things done. And I got lots of friends that I hang out with all the time. So I don't see, and I don't see how that's a problem. To, and you're able to pay off a mortgage as a millennial. Yeah. Like multiple mortgages. Like the last mortgage was like two point something million bells. And I was just like, here you go. Like it's nothing. So it's great. I actually, I wear a crown around my island that is worth like 1.2 million. Just so everybody knows how rich I am all the time. Wow. So yeah, it's dollar, a dollar bells, y'all. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So uh, yeah, Animal Crossing is, is up there. It's definitely uh, helped me to appreciate the holidays a lot more and different like events and everything. Like I was so freaking excited when it started snowing. I just squealed like a little girl that I am. It was great. And uh, yeah, all the, all the little crafting items and I don't, I think that they're nailing it. I just, I think they're doing really good with the updates and keeping it fresh and everything. It's, it's a uh, very impressive. So yeah, that's Animal Crossing, but I am playing other games. I promise you. Um, Taz and I finished Cuphead this year, which was literally took us all year, but I'm super proud of us. Um, hardest game ever, by the way, amazing game, but hardest game ever. So we finally finished Cuphead this year. Um, and yeah, also I'm, I'm playing through Amnesia. The, so I played through Amnesia the Dark Descent and then uh, now I'm into uh, the, the next one, Rebirth, Amnesia Rebirth. And it's, it's good. It's good. Is it's it fine. scary? Uh, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, there's like jump scares and stuff. And I think they did a lot better this time around with not uh, weighing you down so much with so many different puzzles. like. Um, so for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Amnesia series, uh, Amnesia the Dark Descent um, was the first one that came out and Amnesia Rebirth is a, is a uh, sequel to that. So um, dealing with a lot of, sorry, there's a very loud car. Can you hear it? Yeah, I had a loud car over here too. They might just be, we live on the same street, but we live like 30 blocks apart, which is very funny. So I think, uh, I think he finally made it to you. Yeah. Love them. Love the loud cars. Um, yeah, Amnesia. Uh, Rebirth is a is a sequel to Amnesia The Dark Descent. And uh, in The Dark Descent, like, oh my gosh, whoever owns that castle, like, does not take care of it at all. Because you have to fix so many things. And I'm like, I'm not a mechanic. Like, why am I fixing all these things? And so <laughs> so then in uh, Rebirth, it's, it's a little bit better. Like, you don't have to, like, do as many puzzles i feel like in in uh first person horror uh horror games like this there's a balance between um keeping the player engaged in the story and keeping um them entertained with puzzles and if you have what like too much of one or the other then it like the balance is off and it's it's not it, it doesn't hit home as much so in the dark descent like don't get me wrong classic game it's a great game uh, a little puzzle heavy in my opinion um, but then with Rebirth I think that they really found that balance so that was great and you know the graphics are great the music's amazing the voice acting is awesome so I do I do recommend uh, Amnesia Rebirth for sure alright we're going to get to the meat of our podcast which is our favorite indie games of 2020 do not go away
So as we all know, 2020 sucked and was the worst year ever, at least that we've all lived through. But uh, games uh, did not, especially indie games. There's a lot to choose from this year. And so we're going to break down some of our favorite indie games of the year. Let's start with Eric. Eric, what were your favorite indie games of the year? You have a lot listed here. I want to I want to hear about some of these. Yeah. Well, okay. So first and foremost, I want to start off with uh, the Untitled Goose Game um, from, I believe it's, it's House House. It's this, like, uh, this I believe they're UK-based, and it is one of the funniest games that I played all year long. You play as a goose, basically tormenting this small little UK village and it's just it's just funny and I, I was just playing it for hours on end um i think i logged probably 20 to 30 hours um just like in the first half of this year um just playing over and over and over again because you can play it oh you have to go through like a checklist of things to basically screw with the villagers with and then you have to do it there's a time base thing to it as well to beat a challenge get the achievements for it etc um and it was great i love that game uh another one that i played as well as well as a crap load of people is among us um obviously among us won like i think it was like social game of the year as well as a bunch of other awesome awards which was great for a game that came out in 2018 and then just kind of came out of nowhere and i think it kind of it helped everyone kind of connect because um, you one you can connect with just random people, but it's also a really fun game to play with your friends and argue over Discord. Um, for anyone that's played like Mafia or um, uh, or Salem, any of those kind of games, very similar to that. If you haven't played Among Us, I recommend you do. Um, I just started a game called Unto the End, and honestly, I'm thinking it's a pretty good contender for one of the games of the year for me. Um, it started by a, a husband and wife team that they just quit their jobs at Microsoft and just created a game. And it's this really cool uh, Scottish, like this father goes out into the mountains to go and get food for his family. And he like falls into a cave and then it's his journey trying to get back home. And a really cool story, uh, very minimalistic, but the combat's like, really intuitive and it's really you have to be really uh tactical with how you engagement so it was really fun uh and then the one that i just finished i'm going to be writing a review on this uh coming up is call of the sea and that one oof. so uh you mentioned a little bit about puzzle solving and stuff uh puppet about in amnesia some of the horror elements and stuff I went into Call of the Sea fully expecting that I'd be like, okay, I'm on this deserted island. It's puzzles. There's probably going to be cannibals chasing me. Some weird like monster is going to be here. I thought it was going to be like more akin to Lost, but it actually ended up being more akin to the old Mist games. I don't know if you guys have ever played some of those back on. I think it was on Mac first or some crazy game back in the early '90s. Windows '95, baby. Oh yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. Now, now the memories are flooding back to me. Um, but it's just purely a puzzle game. But the story is excellent. Um, you're basically play as this uh, this woman who's looking for her husband, who has gone on this expedition to try and find a cure for this disease that your main character has. 
And then she's just trying to solve it. Okay, where is my husband, basically? And going through this whole uh, thing. And you really, it's a must-play game of 2020. The art direction's fantastic. It's just an all-around fantastic game. Very, very cool. Uh, Puppet, what are you playing? Or what is, what is your favorite uh, games of the year, indie games of the year? Well, there's been some really awesome ones but we all know i'm going to talk about law mage academy because i'm always talking about law mage academy um fantastic game uh it is an rpg and it is uh it it melds together like harry potter lord of the rings and it just creates this amazing world and i'm just so excited about it and i know it hasn't been released but the demo is out now and i just had to talk about it because it's um it's pretty much what we need right now. And if you are a Harry Potter fan like I am, you will definitely enjoy Law Mage Academy. Uh, I had so much fun in the demo. Like you're, The demo is not supposed to take nearly as long as I did. I think I spent like seven hours in the demo just, you know, doing little side quests and exploring and doing all kinds of things and like learning different kinds of spells and like crafting different potions and like meeting other people and meeting all these friends. Uh, basically, the premise is that you are um, y- you've you know started your time at Law Mage Academy, and you are learning to be a Law Mage, and so that means you have there's like combat, and there's also like creating things, and it's it's just so it's so great. And there's like four different houses that you get sorted into in the beginning, and they have like a little personality test that happens in the beginning, and they sort you into different houses and. It's just super fun. So I had to bring up La Mage Academy. Um, the full version is supposed to come out late 2022. Um, and they're coming out with an update um, in the spring, I think, is when it's set. So I want more. It's so good. So La Mage Academy is one. Uh, another one, uh, if, if you know me at all, I love indie horror games. And when you asked what we were playing earlier i wanted to mention these two because they're so amazing and good one the first one is called project cat which is another rpg and the art style is just amazing i'm uh i'm really into anime so i love seeing art styles like this um and the story anime or mma Oh, anime. Oh, okay. mma i was like wait what? mma anime <laughs> i know wait what surprise um, no, anime. Super into anime. And um, the story is... It is amazing what they do with so little and how they take horror to another level when it comes to RPG horror. You would think with um, what they have, they wouldn't be able to like creep you out as much as they do. And... I'm sorry, I'm trying to find words to tell you without, like, spoiling it at all. But it's very immersive. Very immersive and very creative how they uh, suck you in and terrorize you. It's wonderful and amazing. I love it. Um, So that's the second one. And I do have a third. Another indie horror called Scarlet Hollow. Fantastic. I was blown away by this game. Love it. I have played it three times now, or the first chapter three times to see different endings. It's like a butterfly effect story game, point and click. I love these. And the artwork is 
gorgeous because it's made by uh, Abby Howard, who is actually uh, an award-winning graphic novelist. And um, she just turned this visual novel into an adventure game. And all of your choices really matter and you can go in different directions. And it's just, it's awesome. And the music is so good and the pacing is so delicious and loved it. So Scarlet Hollow is my third for games that I loved this year. I chose the low hanging fruit of indie games this year as a probably my overall game of the year which is uh which is Hades I think is absolutely fantastic I've been a huge fan of super giant games for a long time I think everything that I haven't played Pyre but Bastion and Transistor especially was a fantastic game and I feel like they were working towards something of this quality with Hades and it's finally happened and uh it deserves all of the game of the year awards that it's going to get i think it got robbed at the game awards for sure because this game is absolutely unbelievable uh everybody is sexy no matter who it is character portraits are crazy um the story is unbelievable the way that they took a rogue light or a roguelike game and made it so even if you do die and not make a full run you are still progressing the story forward i think it's just a really refreshing take on that genre because i don't like roguelikes i don't like the idea of like oh if i like do this amazing run and like screw up at the end then it's you know worthless right so even if i suck i can still move the story forward i love that combat's amazing everything about this game is good if you haven't played it yet do yourself a favor, download it, buy it, play it. It's a fantastic game. Um, the other one too is uh, Littlewood, which was my first review for Game Raven Review. I streamed it a little bit. Uh, I I dearly love chill games like a like a Stardew Valley or a uh, an Animal Crossing. Even though I fell off Animal Crossing pretty big time this year, uh, but Littlewood was pretty cool I, I really enjoyed that game i'm excited to see it's pretty much out like in a stable mode right now um i'm excited to see what they're going to add to it i really enjoyed that one and if i could my third game uh that i enjoyed even though it came out all the way in 2016 i feel like the stardew valley 1.5 update just like put so much more back into the game and really reignited a lot of people's uh passion for it so i kind of i'll give them a a tip of the cap as well to stardew valley um taz you you were writing your notes um on the fly as we were all giving our our uh our uh recommendations for our favorite indie games and democratic socialism simulator (laughs) popped up in like 72 point font on our on our shared <laughs> Google Doc, and I almost lost my mind and laughed very hard at that. What what is Democratic Socialism Simulator? So that I'm glad you asked, Henry. That is a game that came out in February of 2020, and it it's very real. Um, you are the new Democratic Socialist President of the United States in 2020, and it is up to you to make everyone happy pretty much um you have three different scales of of things um you have power to the people you have 
uh, money. So if you're in the green, fantastic. If you're in the black or the red, not so great. As well as um, uh, uh, carbon emissions. So you want it that that one starts off 100% peak. You have to slowly kind of wind that one down while bringing power to the people up. But in the game, it's like you don't give them too much power. So pretty much all the gameplay is is that you're presented by your um, your staff, which are animals actually, which is really funny because a lot of the a lot of the animals are like representing the the office that they have. So like you have a polar bear who's part of the um, the eco the economist kind of sciency kind of uh, global warming type field. Um, you have a turtle who runs like housing development um, and other things like that. So it's pretty. I think the pig is a cop. I think um, and a squirrel is is your treasurer. So like hoarding all the nuts um, and all the gameplay is is you're presented by these staff uh, decisions, things that need to be done or not need to be done, and you swipe them one way or the other. And uh, depending on your decisions, uh, certain demographics of people like you, uh, religious people, people in favor of the military, people in favor of um, uh, the economy, people in favor of, you know, peace between people and all that stuff. So and I think the most shocking thing was that it wasn't a made up scenario. These were things that were literally ripped out of the political handbook from 2020 and gave real life examples that I did on stream, which I don't really promote, like talking about politics on stream, but I thought it'd be really funny. And it, the, the amount of ridiculousness of like, wow, this isn't a game. No, this is in real life. So it's definitely uh, uh, a simulation, a very heavy simulation if you are prepared for that. Um, I think it's only like $3 on Steam. So there you go. How did you fare? Um, so that's the funny thing is that I was president. So you have to start, you have to first get elected. So you do a thing, then you get elected. You can get elected. Um, so I did that. And then the more power I gave to the people and the more kind of things, depending on the situation, because there's a, you know, majority rules because it's democracy. Um, I did not win my second term. Um, but the game doesn't stop. You get to keep going because technically you can run for a second term not necessarily right after uh, your presidency. Um, so the game keeps going. I didn't finish the game um, on stream, but it, it lasts a while. And I think I, I did I was pretty fair. I try to be as fair as possible. Kind of a little sum for everybody. Fantastic. That's That sounds like a good time for three bucks. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what else you got? Um, let's see. Uh, the White Door is very as a good one um it's made by rusty lake um who is in charge of the cube this the cube escape series the rusty lake series uh very point and click mystery horror um uh very that art style is like almost like hand-drawn like digitally hand-drawn but it's it's simple this story's great each every single game that's been going on for the last like eight years i want to say connects to one thing or another um i noticed that in the white door the protagonist's dead girlfriend was actually a victim of a murder from a game that took place uh like seven years ago five years ago so each one connect each game connects to one another um again it's point and click there's some puzzles there's some puzzle 
puzzle action, but still a really good time. Um, and then the third game I have on my list here is Breakpoint. Now, if anybody's like rocked the arcades and like played some 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 asteroids or something, it was kind of like that. Um, but think of it more as an RB R, no wait, what is it RGB asteroids dubstep feel to it. Um, pretty much the same concept as asteroids, same gameplay. Uh, a lot of colors, um, a lot of music as you progress. Um, but instead of a little little spaceship, you are a little uh, spaceship that um, can then turn into like a giant knife or a sword or a couple axes or daggers, um, each one with different abilities, and you're pretty much trying to survive. It's your classic arcade-style game um, that would be really fun to do with like friends or there's uh, servers, so you can compete with people around the world um, for the highest score possible. Um, and it's definitely fun and really intense, uh, definitely when 2020 is over and you can play games, do some couch gaming again, it'd be fun to kind of like pass the controller around and see you can have the highest score at the end of the night. Very cool. Well, those are our uh, favorite indie games of 2020. Does anybody have anything else to share or add before we go uh, go home for the week? Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the Game Raven Review Podcast. I have been Henry J, and you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at SuperHenry64. I have the world's worst internet handle, uh, where I stream indie games every Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, Puppet, where can we find you? I am Puppet Master N. That's E-N. And you can find me on Twitter and Twitch. Uh, on Twitch, Fridays and Saturdays at 7 p.m. I stream indie horror. It's a good time. And uh, I also want to mention that you will also see me this next Sunday at noon on the Game Raven Review Twitch channel with Sarah B. We are interviewing the developers of Hazel the Plant Witch, and it's going to be amazing. So come join us sounds like Sunday a, at noon. Sounds like a great time. Eric, what about mm-hmm. you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter as the Eric Webb. Uh, super easy to find me there. Um, and then you can catch me playing probably Destiny on uh, Xbox Live. Uh, my gamer tag is Nuclear Arachnid. There you go. Squat up with with, uh, with Eric. <laughs> is that what the kids say? Great people. Squat up. <laughs> Taz, what about you? Uh, yes, you can find me at TazTDevil3 on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, TikTok, literally any platform you can think of. I'm on there with that handle. Um, but on Twitch, you can find me on uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays at uh, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Saturdays at 9 p.m. Um, Tuesdays being my two-player Tuesday, Wednesdays being Indie Wednesday, Thursdays being whatever the hell we want, uh, cooking, playing the newest games just talking about stuff whatever and then uh saturdays is my spooky saturday so i hope to see you all there cool cool and as always find us on twitter and twitch at game raven review and check out all of our indie game reviews at gameravenreview.com have a fantastic week we will see you next week
Are you game?